Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the earth has to offer. Your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason, each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health, and more with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Hello, I'm Kim Bloomer. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Jeannie Thomason, your other host. And today the show is entitled, Still Wild, the Soul of a Horse. We are supposed to be speaking right now with Joe Camp. He is the author of The Soul of a Horse, and he hasn't called in yet, so we're going to try to get him on the line and... Um, We'll do that in a minute, but he is the man who is behind every Benji movie and the whole thing behind Benji, isn't he, Jeannie? Yes, he is. That's what everybody knows him from anyway, I think. (laughs) That's true. And yes, he still has a Benji, and yes, he is still doing that, but he went into... um, the soul of horses uh, he got into horses a couple of years back and they captured him and I can understand why because Jeannie and I have been in love with horses our entire life and so here we are talking about horses again but we're going to hear from one of our partners and when we come back we will work to get Joe on the line with us we'll be right back time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets and while we're doing that you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors Naturally. Pet Talk Naturally. We'll be right back. Does your dog have problems walking with its back legs? If so, your dog is one of 58 million dogs that suffer with problems with its rear leg. Problems such as spinal myelopathy, arthritis, and hip dysplasia. Bottoms Up Leash helps your dog walk. It's a rear support harness that has won numerous awards, such as Dog Fancy's Editor's Choice Award, as Product of the Year, and it's been featured on CBS and Good Morning America. Visit the website www.seniorpetsupplies.com. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim 
and Dr. Jeannie. Well, as I said, we are speaking today with Joe Camp, the author of The Soul of a Horse and also the um, movies and books and everything you've seen on Benji. You can find out more by going to Benji.com and also TheSoulOfAHorse.com. Jeannie's going to talk with you while I attempt to get Joe on the line, so um, I'll be right back hopefully with Joe on the line. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess I can just tell you a little bit about the book. Maybe I was thinking I might even read you part of the foreword, which is written by somebody that most everybody knows of, um, Monty Roberts, the the, um, horse whisperer. And he wrote a little foreword in the the book for, uh, for Joe Camp. And what he has to say is, Joe Camp will immediately settle your nerves. He will cause you to be comfortable in his presence, and very soon you'll feel as if you have known him most of his 68 years. He has a warm smile and a shock of white hair covering his head that, that houses a brain most teachers would classify as extremely fertile. As I write this, I've known Joe for less than a year, but it seems a heck of a lot longer. Of course, I knew Benji, and I have marveled at how those stories were put together. But imagine how inadequate it makes me feel to realize how recently Joe has come into horses. The man is a natural when it comes to understanding how animals tick, and what a genius at telling us their story. The soul of a horse will entertain you while it educates you. It will take you on a journey from the prehistoric horse to the modern-day domesticated partner that we all seek to better understand. Joe looks a bit like a Nevada buckaroo, can converse intelligently with the university professor, and is a Hollywood movie producer all rolled into one amazing human being. The Soul of a Horse is a must-read for those who love animals of any species. And, of course, we know Monty Roberts is also the author of the New York Times bestseller, The Man Who Listens to Horses, which is an Well, Jeannie, you just keep right on talking, girlfriend, because um, um, I called him on his cell phone, and he wants me to call him on his hard line. So <laughs> keep on going. And okay. Talk, in the meantime, everybody can go to his website at www.thesoulofahorse.com and also benji.com. Go on ahead, Jeannie, oh, and oh, we'll be right back with Joe. <laughs> okay. Hope I'm not boring everybody, just kind of giving them a little little heads up. But um, it is a really great read. It's, you know, even if you aren't a horse person, don't have horses in your life, this book is really, really great. You'll really enjoy it. Um, I was going to see what else we had written in here. The man behind the canine superstar, Benji, he wrote, directed, and produced all five of the celebrated Benji movies and all of the Benji television programs. Uh, he is also the author of three other novels and inspirational nonfiction book. So what happened was Joe got a, a surprise birthday gift um, of a horse, and he kind of fell into the, the world of horses because of it. Yeah, and we've got him on the line, by oh, the way. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> However late. <laughs> That's all right. We're glad you're here, Joe. Delighted to be here. Great. So it was, you know, we've all enjoyed your movies um, about Benji growing up, but I have to tell you that this book, The Soul of a Horse, Life Lessons from the Herd, as Jeannie was just sharing with our audience, I'd have to tell you that that book was very moving to us because you shared, you were very transparent in how you shared uh, your journey into what I call the journey to horse. Exactly. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it is a true story. <laughs> it is, uh, and it's a story that I found really fascinating because, you know, we've only, we've only been doing this three years. You know, the, the opening line in the book says, this is for everyone who's ever loved a horse or loved the idea of loving a horse. Right. Three years ago, we were in that latter group. We uh, 
you know, had always been one of those that kind of had the yen to have some kind of a relationship with a horse, would pull off the road and look at, you know, foals dancing in the pasture and had read the black stallion books and all of that, but had never really ventured into it. And when we did, it was like, boom, you know, <laughs> just all, you at, all at once. And it wasn't, she didn't give me a horse, actually. What she gave me was a trail ride. And just from a simple trail ride, surprise birthday gift, we wind up three weeks later with three horses. Wow, three without weeks. Without a clue. Without a clue. <laughs> you filled up those nice little stalls that you had that you loved looking out at each evening, though, didn't you? <laughs> right. That's, you know, we, uh, you know as, it, as it says, I think, in the second chapter of the book, we'd sit up there and look at the sunset in the evenings and look over these stalls that just kind of came with the house and say, wouldn't it be nice to have a couple of horses, one, you know, pretty picture and postcard-like thing at sunset? And all of a sudden, we had three in those those stalls down there and had no clue what to do with them how to take care of them or or anything and if it hadn't been for you know any you know very accidental uh stumble onto an article about Monty Roberts who is the you know the original horse horse, yeah Mm -hmm. it was all based on his book uh, uh the man who listens to horses and and he said very succinctly in this article, and I came home and got the DVD and the book to to find out how to do this. Is is you know that you know you should begin at the beginning with a relationship with your horse, and by giving the horse the choice to come and have a relationship with mm-hmm. you and to trust you, and everything changes when that happens. And that's the first thing I did when our horses came here. Is I took cash the guy who's on the cover with me of the book down to the round pen and did a Monty Roberts join up with him and when he walked over behind me and touched me on the shoulder and sniffed my ear I just broke down uh, yeah. and I was uh, and then he followed me around and and it changed Everything. I mean, he, from that moment on, so long as I was a good leader, you know, he said, I have made the decision to trust you. And with that goes responsibility and willingness and generosity and and all these things. And so that's how we started every one of our horses. And they're all the same way. They're all exactly you know, mm. that way. They have made the choice. We haven't forced it on them. Right. And then we have spent the time to, you know, be out in the pasture with them and see how they... You know, how they communicate, how they work with each other so that we can be, you know, if we're going to be head of the herd, we need to know how to talk to the herd. And exactly. I don't think too many people begin at the beginning anymore. You know? I find that kind of interesting, Joe. And, and, you know, anyone who's listened to our show for any length of time knows we, for some reason this year uh, we've been doing a lot of horse shows and um, having <laughs> horse shows, but having a lot of people who are what we consider experts in natural horse care. And they say the same thing. There's just it's it's growing. We're going back towards that uh, exactly what you talk about in your book, but not as fast as I'd like to see it. Yeah, or <laughs> me either, obviously. You know, and I'm but but you know what I've found. I mean, the book is not just about the you know the the natural trainings and relationship things. Mm-hmm. It's it's about the because once once a cash came up and, and and said, "I trust you to me," you know, I said, uh, "I will not." 
you know, I will not violate that trust. I will find out what's, what, what we need to know to make sure these guys are, are living on a day-to-day basis the way that they should be, you know, not mm-hmm. just in relationship, but, you know, what, what, what is the horse? What is, I, see, I, at that time, you know, I, I figured they were born with shoes on. I don't think I'd ever seen a horse, you know, didn't have shoes on or, mm-hmm. you know, didn't pay attention to it. And, you know, wild horses, did I know that they existed? I I don't really think it ever even entered my mind that there was a relationship, you know, because the, the, the there is a, a school out there who are dealing with horses who tend to want to make you believe or make themselves believe, I think, that, you know, the domestic horse and the wild horse are two different creatures. Mm-hmm. And in reality, they are exactly the same genetically. This is what I found. I mean, we didn't know it at the time, but digging through all of this and where we finally wound up is that, you know, yeah, there are wild horses out there now, and they've been out there for 55 million years. And this is a prey animal, you know, a flight animal mm-hmm. right. that... What's the most important thing when a wolf or a cougar goes running after a horse? You know, his feet. You know, mm, he, right. and he's got to do. He's got to run over all kinds of terrain and get away from this this predator. And Mother Nature has equipped him quite well genetically to to have, you know, rock crushing feet that will support him. And, and you never ever see. And I've talked to numerous people, you know, who have studied horses all their lives in the wild, and and you don't ever see lameness of the hoof in the wild. You just don't. It's not there. And and yet 95% of the horses, according to the American Farrier Association, in domestic care have some kind of lameness issue of the hoof of one kind or another. Mm-hmm. Now, because of those nails being pounded into their hoof. Do the number. Well, it's more than that. I mean, yeah, the, the hoof is supposed to flex, and here's the, the, the nut of all of it. The hoof is designed genetically to flex. When it hits the ground upon impact, it is supposed to flex. And what happens when it does is it sucks an enormous amount of blood into the hoof, which runs through the thousands of capillaries, you know, in the hoof, you know, irrigating it and keeping it healthy, but it also provides kind of a hydraulic shock absorption, you know, with the, all that liquid going in for the, you know, the leg, the joints and the muscles and the ligaments and the tendons of the leg. And none of that can happen when a metal shoe is confining it, when it's nailed to the foot and, it, you know, and it's being confined. And, and when I read that, that was enough. You know, I said, yeah, I'm going to go find out more about this. I'm going to figure it out. But that was it. I called the vet, and I said, shoes coming off. He said, wait, 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 what, what, what? <laughs> I, said, I said, he said, why? And I said, do you know that the hoof is supposed to flex? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, they taught us that in vet school. And I said, and you know, it can't with a metal shoe on it. And yeah. all of its health, not just his foot, but all the way up the leg and even the heart, a, 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 uh, uh, a study of the the heart rates of a whole lot of horses showed that any horse that is barefoot has a 10% on average less heart rate, reduced heart rate, than one that is, that is shot because the heart doesn't have to work as hard to get that blood up and down the legs because mm-hmm. when, the, when the, that foot 
is lifted off the ground and and the the hoof wall pops back into position it shoots that blood back up the leg thus helping the heart get it back up there where it's supposed to go and around the body so this also winds up affecting the immune system and the entire health of the body when well, the, let me ask the you this Joe when, when you discovered this and I know that that's why we entitled the show Still Wild Still Wild The Soul of a Horse um, you state very clearly that there is no such thing as a domestic horse. There are wild horses in captivity. Right. And um, when you discovered all of this, and you went on a mission, as we have, Jeannie and I have been, uh, you know, kind of uh, Bible-thumping um, uh, natural animal health for a while, what was the reaction that you got from people around you? Well, you know, it was interesting because I wasn't worried about the people around me at the, <laughs> in the beginning. What I was what I was worried about is finding out what was right mm-hmm. and digging and getting the information. And it's not just feet, although that's a really good example of mm-hmm. of how we have you know misused this creature. But you know, as Kathleen says, that you get you know you you have all kinds of groups raising and spending all sorts of amounts of money to make sure that lions and tigers and elephants and everything are living in their natural habitat when they're there for our, you know, uh, viewing or use or whatever. Yet we have 10 million horses in this country that are living in jail, by and large, most of them. Exactly. And, and and when I when it finally all boiled down and I found you know, discovered that that really the horses are genetically the same and, and and every scientific study that I've that I've read says every horse on this planet retains the ability to revert to the feral state happily and healthily and that you know what that means is you can take your horse out and turn him loose in the wild and he's going to do better than he's doing right now, mm. probably. And get them shoes off, too, at the same right, time. You right. know, he's and, just fine, right. And, 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 the, uh, and, and that's all, and, you know, as it, as it evolved and as we went down there, you know, I don't want people to think that, that the book is, you know, all this preaching because I tend to get up on the, <laughs> on the pulpit when I, when I start talking. The book is the story of our stumbling around learning all of this, you know, and it is, you know, it's pretty hysterical in some cases because we were definitely stumbling and bumbling around and finding out stuff and saying, let's, well, okay, let's, let's go for it. Let's give it a try. And so, you know, the shoes came off and, and, you know, we determined how to trim, you know, a, a trim that is replicating what's happening in the wild. And, and what it's all come down to in a nutshell after all this period is all we're trying to do is that. No matter what, whether it's feet or body or diet or movement, you know, a horse in the wild is going to move 10 to 30 miles a day. Oh, and his body is built and his feet are built to do that so that because you know, he's got to do that to find food, to find water, and to stay ahead of predators. And 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 in a stall, on average, you know, a horse moves 800 steps a day. Well, and then they get fed twice a day. And right. you know, interestingly right. enough, Joe, we did a show um, a few weeks back on equine iridology with a woman um, who has actually mapped the the um, horse's iris to. Um, you know, to be able to determine iridology is a fascinating study. At any rate, um, she has a diagram of the horse's um, intestinal tract and stomach on her site, and it's small. For yeah, it's a, large a tiny animal. little stomach, and, and and all this back, you know, gut intestine stuff that is meant to have, you know, 
a forage like grass or grass hay going through it 16 to 18 hours a day right. to stay in optimum health on constant movement also, and, right. and 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 what happens in the you know domestic situation more often than not is they're not getting the movement they're not eating 16 to 18 hours a day for mm-hmm. goodness sakes they are you know getting two big fat meals out of a bag morning and evening and that bag is you know more than likely a bunch of stuff that you know the horse is not designed genetically to you know to process mm-hmm. or to need and you know it's got molasses holding it all together mm-hmm. which is, is absolutely gross just like it is for us you know we're you know the the more you read about our own you know the health sugar. diet is get those NSCs out of there right and, and uh, you know watch the bread watch the pastas watch the sugar and and you know the horse can't find molasses in the wild, I don't think. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and so anyway, and I use the you know the example of the of the foal. You know, it never occurred to me. You know, you, you see a brand new foal. So, oh, that must be a day old. Holy moly! Look at it playing out there. And it never. You know, I never stopped to think: Is there any other animal around anywhere that on the first day of its life, the first hour? of its life it's standing on its feet second hour is eating and thinking third hour it's playing in the field right. third hour after birth and on the by the second day it is ready to travel the 10 to 30 miles that that uh, you know these the herd would have to travel in the wild and mother nature doesn't know this baby was just born in a stall or you know small mm-hmm. turnout or something mm-hmm. and so it's doing everything within her power you know to grow the hoof and to do the stuff and do everything that's necessary to you know allow this this foal to do this very quickly why why isn't it like a puppy you know with his eyes closed for two weeks or a kitten or us you know i mean how long is it before we can go travel 30 miles a day over rough terrain? <laughs> Quite a while. <laughs> and yet this baby horse can do that because Mother Nature said, not on my watch is that wolf going to be able to get after you. Mm-hmm. Because if you you know, you know get out in the wild and the wolf or the cougar is coming and the herd is there, who's she going to go for? Are you know, going to go for the baby? Are you going to go for the big fat stallion? Go for the baby, yeah. You know, and, and so... That baby's got to be able to move right now, and is programmed to do so genetically. And the fact that that baby is is still programmed to do it, even if it's born in a stall, proves to you and anybody else that you know the genetics are there to do it right. And all we have to do, depending upon the living conditions of the horse, is to help them along and help them accomplish what they would be accomplishing if they were living in the wild. And so that's, you know, one by one, these, you know, these things began to fall with us, and we wound up over time with, you know, creating this one-and-a-half-acre, you know, uh, slide, I call it that. Yeah, kind of. Because it's it's the the pasture that they're in goes almost straight up and down. It's dirt and rocks and nasty, but it's the kind of stuff that is really good and healthy for them and healthy for their feet and the backs of their feet and the lateral cartilages and all. And, and, and And it's in a circle, and there's an inner circle, so they can't cut across. In other words, they've got to make the round all the way around, and they do so two or three times a day because that's where we put the food. We scatter it. In 50, 60, 70 piles in the back of this little, you know, four-wheeler kind of thing, you know, all the way around the pasture every morning and every evening so that they, they're getting the movement, they're in a herd. That's another thing, you know. The, the, the horse being in a herd is vital 
to its stress level because it, it, again it's a it's a prey animal it's a flight animal and its safety is in the herd it's not like a dog you know a dog will run with a pack for the hunt Mm-hmm. Right. But a dog doesn't have to live in a pack and doesn't care about it. I mean, a dog will go out on its own or a wolf or, you know, a coyote. I mean, every coyote we see around here, although we hear them in mass, they're always alone or in twos or something. You know, they're not herd animals. A horse is a herd animal. You put 20 horses together anywhere in 2,000-acre pasture, and you can count on the fact that they're all going to be close together somewhere because that's what's safe. And, you know, a horse, a horse, you know, will sleep standing up. We've all seen that. But a horse cannot get REM sleep standing up. A horse can only get REM sleep when it is laying down flat on the ground looking dead, which scared me to death the first time <laughs> I saw it. But it will only do that in most cases when there is another horse around to guard. And that's amazing. And you've allowed your horses that, you know, that... I think not even it's not a luxury, Joe. It's not. It, it's not a privilege. It's a, it's your honor to allow them to live the way they that nature intended them to live. And I think that that is really noble. And I think that your book will be very encouraging to those who are seeking yes. to do likewise for their horses. It, it was very encouraging to me because you shared your journey from starting out as brand new horse owners who had never had horses. You know, within two years, you know, coming to to this mindset, which is awesome, and I'd like to see a lot more horses um, receiving that kind of care. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. Fluff your feathers, roll out your tongue, shine your fins, snap on your leashes, and grab your human. It's the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo. Two full days of pet-tastic fun that no pet lover should miss. Join us for shopping, the Barks and Couture Fashion Show, Dream Pet Wedding, Ultimate Pet Makeover, Pet Communicator, Rescue Me Pet Adoption, Service Dog Demonstration, and tons of fun contests. Bring your pets and join us at the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo, Saturday, September 27th, and Sunday, September 28th, at the Kentucky Expo Center. For more information, go to louisvillepetexpo.com. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio, horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time. Every week on Horsin' Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. 
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. I hope, you know, I mean, the book is not written like I sound right now. I mean, the book is really a story and it's very emotional and very funny and, you know. And And written with um, another story in it, within it. Yeah, there's a a parallel story of of a herd in the wild that dates all the way back to the 1500s and comes forward again that that sort of mirrors in the wild what we're learning about them as we went along. It all finally came together in the end when we said, this is just, it's just a wild horse, and it took us that long, right. you know, to you know to figure all of that out. But it's written, you know, as a story because that's what I am. You know, I mean, I've spent my life telling stories, usually with animals, with Wait, Benji and Benji you're movies still and doing, everything. You're still doing Benji, aren't you? I mean, you're still well. Uh, she's lying at my feet right now, <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, she started Benji off the leash in '04, and there's you know a Benji and Mustang movie coming. But but the okay. point I wanted to make is is that what I, the reason I've tried to write a really good story about our journey and about these horses is because I think that's the way you affect people. You don't affect them by preaching to them because people get defensive and they say, oh, I, you know, I, I don't buy that. Nor I, I've all, you know, to, in order to admit that they've been doing something that could be wrong for their horse, they've got to admit that they've been hurting their horse all that time. Mm-hmm. That's hard. But if you, if you get under the radar and affect them emotionally as we were as we went through this process. You know, and what I try to do is, is lead the reader through the process with our eyes and hearts. Because if, if you do it the way we did it, then you can't help but be affected because you know that what these horses need is not necessarily what you're doing, and you've got to figure it out. And a lot of people say, well, I can't put them out in the pasture because they would never come back to me. Start at the right place. Start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like we did, and yes, they will because you're part of the herd, and they right. want to be around you. Well, it wasn't accus- you know accusatory in your book at all because you led from your own, like you said, your own perspective, and mm-hmm. so it, it helps. I think anybody who's doing things traditionally or status quo, and they read the book, I don't think it's threatening at all, Joe. I think it just you know helps them to see that it's a progressive mm-hmm. journey. It's not an overnight thing, and uh, I think that was real encouraging. It would be to even somebody who's never had horses, right? So, uh, that were maybe you know, thinking of getting horses. It's or thinking of getting horses, right? Yeah, there's, and, and there's a lot, you know. I mean, the, the, we've had a ton of people so far read it, you know, that that never even hardly ever been close to a horse. Mm-hmm. But you know, anybody who you know just you know loves animals loves relationships you know i think exactly. we'll love this book and it, and and that's the the thing that we've been you know we have uh, we've been hearing from people and it, you know it made it to to uh, number 54 nationally uh wow uh, the non fiction hardcover you know category the first week and 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 we haven't seen the the second week yet mm. so we're we're waiting to see that cuz we're clawing and scratching trying desperately to get on that you know that bestseller list because i think when 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 concept and pressure begins to come from the uh you know the, the people who are not horse people as well as the choir that that's <laughs> when change can really can really take place it is. and 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 i and i think it's you know it's so important that we that we look at that and 
you know, there's a lot of issues and there are a lot of things to take into consideration, but there's always a way to do, you know, to do it, to make it better for mm-hmm. the horse. You know, there's always a way to get them out of that stall, get them moving to, you know, feed them right and get the shoes off and all of that. And I, th- I thought of you, Joe, when I was driving through the mountains the other day and we were house hunting and I saw two horses in a real tiny little pen. I mean, it, my backyard's bigger than I live in now. Mm-hmm. And one of them, as I saw him, my husband commented, hey, look at those two horses in that little tiny area. And I looked over and it was really quick. And one was cribbing, which is, you know, mm-hmm. he's gnawing at the fence and everything. And his ears were, you know, you could just look at the whole body language. And you do talk about body language quite a bit in this book. And it was sad to me to see him so stressed out, this poor horse. And that's, you know, that's what a lot of people, you know, don't get past the point. And, you know, we were there at a point where we said, you know, oh, these are bad habits. You know, this horse has a bad habit. And you tend to ask people, so does he have bad habits? You know, was he going to crib or this or that? Oh, no, he doesn't crib. He doesn't, you know, and, and, you know. I, it never occurred to me that, you know, I thought it was, you know, one horse does, one horse doesn't. You know, right. like people are good and people are weird and other people are bad and so <laughs> forth. But, but you know, the 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 concept that this, this beast that needs to be out there in the wild in a herd with, you know, moving all the time never entered my mind. And that's why he's doing all that stuff. You know, sure. you get him out there, he doesn't do it anymore. Right. We, we have had no vet. For a year and a half now, uh, except for shot time, and we talk about those every time we do it. And then, you know, we have there are no stall vices because they're not in a stall, <laughs> and they're not, you know, mm-hmm. the, the stress is not there. Right. And the uh, and they're you know being free fed. That is, they can get some of that Bermuda. They they get their vitamins and stuff in the morning. They all know where their little tub is, and then they exchange tubs and. <laughs> but it, but you know they they do an enormous amount of movement. My guess is they're probably moving ten or twelve miles a day. And you know you can do this. There's all kinds of ways. I know one couple who had you know very little property, and they built one of these tracks like we have. You know only smaller, all the way around their house with electric fence. Ah. So they, did, you know, the horses still had a big circle to go, and they put mm-hmm. the, the hay scattered around. And you know, it doesn't matter if you've got you know a thousand acres or you know or one acre. The idea is to understand the horse well enough to know what's going to keep him moving. Well, if they're with the herd, the dominant, you know, who, who's ever dominant over number two and over three and four, you know, as they go down the line, everybody's got their pecking order place, and it doesn't matter who's eating on. Pile number one, there's going to be somebody come along and say, I'd like to have some of that. Move. <laughs> and so they move, and, you know, they go to the next one, push everybody down. Then, the you know, the the, the dominant says, hmm, that one over there must be better. Y'all get out of the way. And, 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 and so, that, you know, it's it's going to work no well, matter how, how horses, small the area. How many horses do you have at this at- now at, at this moment we have five. We had up to seven at one point. Mm. And and I know that it's probably gonna with horse people. It, that's always changing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's probably not gonna change uh, with with us anymore because we got talked into selling one that I really I really didn't want to. But the people were so nice and they have a setup like ours. And the guy was begging for a Christmas surprise for his wife because she didn't have a horse anymore to ride. And they loved this horse. And he mm-hmm. was pretty snotty out in the 
the pasture with the other horses. He you wasn't, talk uh, about him on your website. Uh, yeah, not to us, but to you know the other, to the other horses. horses. Yeah, and and you know Kathleen was pretty. You know, she was looking forward to getting down to down to five. We lost mm-hmm. one in November, uh, who died. It's the first time we'd been through that. That was a horrible Oh, that's experience. very hard. I imagine. And, but but Scribbles is now living about ten miles north of us, and we go see him every once in a while. And he's Wonderful. he's all in love with a, a young Palomino filly, and <laughs> and, he's, and, he, and it's funny because he's got a herd of one, two, three up there, and that's out of the little pony who used to be dominant. And, and Scribble said, "Nope, that's not going to happen here." Oh. Uh, and it took her about three weeks to finally give in and say, "Okay, I'll just be one of the herd." Mm-hmm. But. It's a totally different dynamic because he's not snotty with any of them over there. He just Aww. does his thing, and, and and it's very weird to me how all of that. Kind of like oh, people, they yeah, are that it, way. <laughs> it, it works, you know. With this group, he's okay, and this group over here, he feels like he's got to be, you know, be a little more snotty. But it, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, there's no question that they're going to keep, you know, keep moving like that, and to you know keep that movement up, and it's, and it's so 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 good for him, and. Uh, and all we got to do is go in the, the pasture, and if they're not in sight, you know, yell for them and, whoa, what are they doing here? we got to go see what's going on. <laughs> they're so great. And I love the the photo of you and Cash on the front. I mean, it just mm-hmm. speaks volumes. And I really hope, we've come to the end of the show, Joe, but I, would, I really hope that people will pick up a copy of this book, The Soul of a, of a Horse, Life Lessons from the Herd by Joe Camp. And just think of Benji, and you'll know who Joe Camp is. <laughs> but now he's doing uh, similar with horses. And, you know, one of the things that is said on his side is that he did bring us the soul of a dog through Benji, and now he is definitely bringing you the soul of a horse through this book. And, um, again, Benji's probably going to, like you said, he's going to be in this movie with the Mustang, so I'm, I'm sure that's going to be awesome. And the best thing is it's family-friendly, you guys. And even if you don't have a horse, you will love this book. Definitely. And, and I'd love to come back sometime and talk about about racing, you know, now that the you know the triple crown is in action, and we mm. happen to we'd love for you to Joe. That would be a, wonderful. That's a whole separate mission, whole other story. You know, huh? I am climbing on that one too, like <laughs> tilting at windmills. Oh, you are. <laughs> Well, we'd love to have you back, and I'm sure that we will. And uh, we hope everybody, again, go to the website at www.thesoulofahorse.com. Pick up a copy of this book. You will not regret it. It's or awesome. did, yeah, it's, it's, it's in all the stores now, and and, uh, and climbing it, up from that 54 position to get in on that bestseller list. I'm sure it is. Well, and then you can find out more about Benji, too, by going to Benji.com. That's B-E-N. J-I.com. And Joe, we usually put our, our guest on the spot, so we're going to put you on the spot and uh, ask you what parting words of wisdom would you like to impress upon the audience in closing? Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, your whole book is full of wisdom, so. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of things, but yeah, you know, I, I, I say, you know, no matter what the animal is that you have or the people, you know, the thing we learned from this book and, and from learning to get on the other end of the lead rope with the horse was that's where we need to be with all of our relationships, whether it's with our spouse, kids, boss, employees, employers, you know, that things work better when you when you stop long enough to you know, to look at the expectations and the aspirations of, of the person on the other side instead of trying to force 
the aspirations and expectations that you have on to them and whether it's horses or people i think that you know that, that works really well and uh uh it's a good way to approach life can we do that all the time probably not i don't you know but <laughs> you know the nice thing about horses who taught it to me is that I worked really hard to do it with horses because they are 1,200 pounds and you want them to <laughs> be bet. in relationship. And, right. and there's a little more physical motivation there, I guess. But but it's, it's certainly that I keep in the forefront of my mind all the time. And mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing to, you know, that's why it says life lessons from the herd. Right. It is. Well, thank you for being with us, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Time out of your busy schedule. Jeannie's bird wants to know if <laughs> I'm happy. And <laughs> um, um, thank you so much for being with us. And we invite everybody, please go to thesoulofahorse.com, get your copy, and then um, come back when Joe comes back on the show again. We have enjoyed this time. It was short. usually is for our book, our, our book shows. But um, hang out because there's so much to learn, and there's so much to learn about these magnificent animals. And in the spirit of love and truth, we hope you all have a tail wagging, hoof stomping, wing flapping, perfectly animal talking day. Pets and nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason. Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Naturally. Naturally.